here. That's what the rules are. All right, Walkers and Talkers 49. Woo! We're so close to 50. So, so close. close. All right, well, uh, listen, if you haven't heard the first 48, I'm David Brody from Metal Strand in the Morning Show. That, of course, is Jamie from Light FM in New York. Hi, Jamie. Hi. Now, I sound a little different. It's because I'm on my couch uh, <laughs> with my laptop on my lap, and I'm on the phone, uh, and Jamie's in the studio today. Uh, I am on vacation slash recovering from surgery. I'm fine, everybody, but uh, I'm not at work. You might hear my dogs barking at everything that walks by in the window. <laughs> uh, so I, I apologize in advance, but uh, they like to bark at trees and people walking by and cars. So uh, it's as real as it gets here at the, uh, the Bernie House. <laughs> okay, so we got a lot of tweets last night right after the show ended. So I want to just touch base on a couple of them. Okay. So, uh, Mo- Melissa with one L, uh, she's uh, A-N-I Melissa, Anna Melissa on Twitter. She says, this was the betrayal. Richard, thought for sure it was Tara. Can't wait to hear your thoughts on this episode, on this great episode. So we will address that and whether or not I think or Jamie thinks that Richard, Richard was the betrayal. Okay. Uh, Joe Bacala at Joey Boombots 21 <laughs> says, do you guys think that Richard and Morgan set the death up for Morgan's now just unhinged? Ooh, Ooh, that's a good one. Uh, a lot of people saying that we did a good job predicting who was going to die. Well, we got we got one of the two people that died last night. <laughs> Much appreciation yes. for the tweets. And the, we got an email. I got a singing telegram. Whoa. Uh, I had a stripper come to the house <laughs> and sing about the seashell necklace. So much love, much appreciation. Okay, so let's let's get back to the tweets later. Uh, another extended episode, this one by seven minutes. Yep. So we're getting extra time everywhere, which is great. So the episode last night started out, and I didn't realize this at first. I don't know if you realized it. But when they were loading up the truck in the first scene, they only put one cantaloupe on the truck. And I thought they were just, it looked light. And I didn't understand what that was, but it was actually a scene from later in the episode. Did you catch that? I did, because I thought, wait, just one? Because then they closed the truck, and I thought, well, this isn't going to fly with the saviors. Right. I thought, are they deliberately going light? Are they looking to start a problem? Or, because we saw that um, King Ezekiel's crops had bugs on them, uh, that maybe they only had one healthy cantaloupe. Right? I, I thought that too for a second. I thought, oh my God, maybe that's all they have. And by the way, if their tribute every week is either a couple of pigs or 12 cantaloupe, boy, they're getting off easy. Yeah, yeah right? the cantaloupes, uh, yeah. Now, I know they said next week was produce week, so you better produce. So <laughs> maybe not every week, but 12 cantaloupes seems like, you know, all right, anyway, we'll, we'll bitch about that later. <laughs> Carol, we see Carol, she can't sleep. Um, Morgan's training Ben's little brother. Interesting note about Ben's brother. I don't know if you saw the talk, uh, saw Talking Dead last night. Yes. The actor that plays Ben's brother is actually the real-life brother of the actress that played Carol's daughter, Sophia. So I thought it was pretty cool. Oh, yeah, I've met her before, yeah. I forget her real-life name now. You know what? I thought you'd have it. it I, I know. I normally have all the names. Okay, here's one of those moments. You don't need to tweet us. Yeah. <laughs> we'll it, up it, was, it was something with an M and a Z, and it doesn't matter. The point is they're related, and it was nice that either the family wanted to stay involved, or the producers were like, hey, we killed off your daughter like five seasons ago, so we're going to do right by the, by the brother. That's cool. I'm, I'm assuming he'll die at some point, too. So <laughs> Anyway, so now, now we, we go to where uh, what we've seen in the trailers for this week. Carol walks outside of her house, and she's outside the kingdom, and there's walkers there, and she picks up a, a one-way street sign, climbs a tree, and starts killing walkers 
by having them walk into the the, uh, the uh, street sign. That was awesome. So that was pretty cool. Now they showed on Talking Dead how they did that. They they basically took a, a tennis ball on a on a on a spring, and the tennis ball, which is green, would get green screened out, and it would push in, and uh, this way the walkers would look like they were walking into it. Which you know takes away some of the magic, but I thought it was pretty cool. Again, I say if you're not watching Talking Dead right after Walking Dead. Um, you're missing out on a lot. Yeah. And we'll talk about what happened on Talking Dead last night. But here's one thing I want to say. As of next week, for the next few weeks, Into the Badlands, my arch nemesis, returns next week, and it's going to make Talking Dead an hour later. So F you, Into the Badlands. (laughs) They're still trying to push that. I understand why why, uh, AMC wants it to come right after Walking Dead. This way it gets better ratings. But F you. I I don't want to have to wait an hour to watch Talking Dead the same way two years ago or last season, I didn't want to have to watch an hour of the Badlands to see the additional scene with uh, Abraham, Sasha, and Daryl and the uh, the saviors when he when he shoots the rocket into them. Uh, I don't want to have to be forced to watch Into the Badlands. They should if switch it's such it. A good show, if it's such a good show, I'm going to watch it. <laughs> but don't shove it down my throat. <laughs> I remind everybody, this is why I never watch Private Practice. Because Grey's Anatomy shoved it down my throat and made me watch an episode of it during Grey's Anatomy, and I deliberately would never watch it. So I know, I, I know uh, uh, T.J. White, uh, one of our followers, loves Into the Badlands, and he says I can watch it on Netflix. I'm not watching it. I'm not watching it out of principle until either they can't Taking it. a stand. Yeah, or they put it on after Talking Dead, and they trust that, number one, Talking Dead's a big enough show that it will lead in nicely to Into the Badlands, maybe have a cast member from Into the Badlands, come on Talking Dead, show me you love Walking Dead, and then maybe I'll watch your show. Oh, that's a good ploy. Yeah, that's a good ploy. And then let the show stand by itself. <laughs> but when you shove it down my throat, F you Into the Badlands. That's, the <laughs> that's my hashtag this week. F you Into the Badlands. F you Into the Badlands. <laughs> good. I'm not waiting now until like 11 o'clock, 11 Oh, no watch Walking Dead. At that point, I want to watch John Oliver and go to bed. No. So that may be why we don't do our podcast next Monday, because we have to wait till Monday to come home from work to watch Talking Dead to then do a full review on Tuesday. True. So when you don't get your podcast next week, hashtag (laughs) Okay. I'm done for now. Okay. Ranting about hashtag Okay. So Carol walks into the kingdom. She walks right by Ben, and she's like, where's Morgan? She walks in there like a boss. Yeah, like a boss. Like she did. We talked about this in the sneak preview last week. I love it. So I thought, well, she asks Morgan what happened at Alexandria. Because clearly she didn't believe Daryl. Why would she? Why would Daryl be there if everything was fine? Exactly. Why would, Jesus, why would Jesus have brought the survivors if everything was fine? No. So she, she asks Morgan if everything's okay, and he says, you know what? Ask Daryl. You wanted me to lie for you. You wanted me to lie to you. You don't have a problem with what Daryl told you. Ask Daryl. He's, I'll go get Alexandria if you want, but I'm not saying a word. Which, I mean, were you surprised by his answer? Um, No, but I thought he could have told her, but he was like, that's between you and him. And I was like, whoa, okay. I mean, yeah. I see his point, though. You know, he lied for her and didn't tell anyone where she was, so he's sticking to his word. He's not going to get involved. And then he says to her something kind of cryptic. He's like, hey, listen. You went off on your own. You wanted to live in your little house. You found what you wanted, right? Like, he's basically saying to her, you thought you were going to escape all this, but clearly you didn't. 
Yeah. Clearly, you know, you didn't, you, you, this is troubling you. Um, so now we see some foreshadowing. Ben comes up to Carol and he says, I, I saw you kill all those walkers with a street sign. Can I follow you today? Um, I want to learn from you. He says, I have a drop today, but, you know, with the saviors, but I can skip that because I want to oh, learn with you. Yeah. At this point, you're like, okay, Ben could have skipped the drop off, but he doesn't. He's a dead man. Because Carol, <laughs> Carol did not even uh, entertain that for one minute. She goes, no, go. And I'm not sure what Ben is going to learn in two seconds from walking <laughs> with Carol. Basically, you have to not be afraid and be good with a sword and a stick and a gun and a knife and a street sign. You have to be badass, and, and <laughs> she's badass. Yes, she is. Carol walks out of the kingdom by herself, and we see a shadow watching her from behind a brick wall. We later realize we see that it's it's Richard. Yeah, well, it was kind of creepy because she had knocked that walker on the ground, but it was still alive. And then when she comes right. out of the kingdom, it's dead, and you're like, oh, shit, someone is definitely yeah. there. Somebody's out there. So we, we see a girl's knapsack that says Katie on it. Yep. And Richard starts digging a grave, which we, we learn later. It's the Bury Me Here grave we saw in the trailer. Oh, yeah. Now, one thing I didn't notice in this scene that I went back and watched, when he's standing there digging the grave, there's a brick wall next to him, right? Mm -hmm. That was the wall that he looked around when he was spying on Carol. Yes. Next to the brick wall is a row of shopping carts, and on top of the shopping carts is that yellow recycle bin. Oh, I missed the recycling bin. The yellow recycling bin. But later, when they come back to the Bury Me Here grave with all of the other uh, kingdom people, the shopping carts are gone, and so is the recycle bin. And that, that's when I realized Richard put the shopping carts there. I mean, because he, buried, he dug the grave next to the shopping cart. Yep. Okay, so we'll get back to that. I don't want to jump ahead. Um, we're back to the kingdom now. King Ezekiel is looking over the people, frolicking, training, picking crops. And uh, a woman that we don't know comes over, and she sees him standing next to Shiva. Yes. Now, the tiger looked a hell of a lot better than the deer did last week. Oh, yeah, much better. (laughs) And the deer got a lot of heat online after we did our podcast. Oh, my God, I saw that. Everybody was talking about how bad the deer was, although they didn't reference it on Talking Dead. No, they didn't. They kind of glossed over that. Yeah. But a lot of videos, all of our, our favorite uh, YouTubers were talking about uh, the magic deer and how w- one of the things they pointed out was that the deer was lit up on the same side it cast a shadow, which is completely impossible. Oh, my God. Well, because in order to have a shadow, the sun would have to be on the other side of the deer. Yes. So not only was it cheesy looking, but it was scientifically incorrect. <laughs> my guess is the people that made the deer are the same people that make it to the Badlands. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> All right. So the woman has bad news for, for King Ezekiel, uh, but she doesn't want to get close because she's afraid of Shiva. Um, she talks about how the royal garden crops have weevils on them. Weevils are bugs that eat crops. I had to look up what weevils I are. thought she said weasels, and I'm like, what the hell? I was like, what? No, W-E-E-V-I-L. Oh, I thought I literally wrote weasels in my notes because I couldn't understand her. No, different type of weevils. Weevils, okay. And they're not weevils. They don't wobble and they don't fall down. They're weevils with a V. Oh, weevils. Weevils. Never heard of that. Which I guess is symbolism for things that you care about will die and come back. Some things do not, unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, like the people that died in this episode. Oh. Um, speaking of which, uh, Ben walks into Morgan's room and thanks him for a book. 
um, as either the title of the book or a, uh, an important phrase in the book was, to injure your opponent is to injure yourself. Yes. Now, for Morgan, that would, I guess, represent if you beat somebody, you're basically hurting yourself by doing that. And karma will come back. Yes, that line comes up again later in the episode. Oh, man, Um, that was sad when it came back up. It was. Ben gives him a painting of a bullfighter, and uh, he says that uh, it was damaged, but that a girl uh, worked on it for him. Morgan's like, who's the girl? And Ben wouldn't answer. And that's when I thought, yeah, he's dead. Oh, God, no. girlfriend. He's giving gifts. Oh, dead. It's like when Abraham gave um, Eugene the instructions to making bullets. Oh, yeah. You're like, uh, Abraham's dead. Spoiler. <laughs> Spoiler. Uh, uh, okay, so then we see Richard and Morgan talking about life before the zombie apocalypse. And Richard's talking about his wife and his, his father. And um, he said he apologizes to Morgan for disagreeing with Morgan about fighting, but that sooner or later Morgan's going to need to fight. Yeah. A little more foreshadowing. King Ezekiel wants everybody to get on the truck. And, of course, there's our fat friend Jerry eating cobbler. And uh, Jerry! Put the cobbler down, and he does it. <laughs> and, of course, King Ezekiel, it's our favorite line, Jerry! <laughs> and then he tells him he could go ahead and eat the cobbler, which was nice. Let, let the jolly Jerry eat the cobbler. And then Jerry looked very happy. It, well, that didn't last long. So they go to the drop-off. Yeah. The road is blocked with shopping carts. We now know that Richard put the shopping carts there. At this point, we don't know why. Um, Richard takes charge. He gets out first. He gives orders. He makes, uh, if you didn't notice this, he makes everyone else walk ahead in formation like he's the drill sergeant. And he kind of walks backwards like he's guarding the truck. Man, he had me convinced because I, you know, he, I never would have thought he did it. When, when he's giving orders, you can see behind him the recycle bin upside down on the ground where Morgan later finds it. So you sort of see the clues that he did it, but you don't know what he did, and you're not thinking that he did it yet. You just assume that somebody blocked the way with the shopping carts that were right near the grave that he dug. Yes. At this point, I thought, okay, Richard is clearly trying to start a fight. He's trying to make it, he's coming up with some reason why they should go to war. But I didn't know what he was doing yet. Me either. Now, he guides them over to the grave that he dug by saying, you know, go around the building to figure out who put the shopping carts there. And they find the bury me here grave. And we know Richard did that. Yeah. And King Ezekiel gives a speech about how the world drives people crazy. He thinks somebody just dug a grave, but he's like, somebody's going crazy, dug this grave. We then see the, uh, the saviors at the meeting point, and they're waiting because the hilltop is late. I'm sorry, the kingdom is late. And what's Jared doing? He's swinging oh, that son of a bitch. Little shit. He, he's the reason for all these problems. Right, shit face. Shit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, so they show up, and King Ezekiel apologizes for being late, and he tries to explain why he's late, and Gavin interrupts him and says he doesn't care. So Jerry, still thinking that they're in the kingdom, oh, Lord. says, don't interrupt the king. And Jared whacks him in the head with a stick. Oh, God. I, really hard, too. Okay. Now, remember that we said that Rosita was the reason that Glenn is dead because Rosita didn't look at the bat. She wouldn't look at the bat. She wouldn't look at the bat. And Daryl stood up for her and punched Negan so Negan killed Glenn. Yep. By Jerry interrupting, by Jerry sticking up for Ezekiel, Jared hits Jerry in the head. Ben calls Jared a rat-faced prick. And they stare each other down, but nothing happens. This is why I'm saying what happens next 
is Jerry's fault. Oh, Jerry, you're blaming Jerry. I'm blaming Jerry oh. for getting hit in the head, causing Ben to call Jared a rat-faced prick. Oh. The same way when Glenn interrupted Negan, although Negan let it slide, he went after Glenn when he was pissed off. Yes. Glenn still paid the price for interrupting him. True. <clears throat> okay. Gavin says, there are no kings here. There's no presidents. Don't bring that, that, that shit here. Don't bring that your highness shit. Yeah, I know. I love that line, actually. And uh, he says, things have been tense. That makes me tense. I, we, I don't want to be tense. So he walks over to the truck, and he says, I want your guns, too. And everybody pulls their guns. And Richard, you know, Ezekiel says, that's not what we agreed to. And Richard says, you know, the offering is light. I want your guns. Well, he doesn't tell them the offering is light, but he wants the guns. And everybody pulls their guns. And Richard says... They should give the gun, like he's being a pacifist. He says, yeah. You guys should give him the gun. And Jared mocks him. And uh, he's like, yeah, you get the gun. <laughs> uh, at this point, I cannot wait for Jared to get killed. Oh, my I God, I know. Um, King Ezekiel says, if you give Morgan his stick back, you can have the guns and we'll leave. And this is what we saw in the trailer where Gavin says, I need you to understand the gravity of what's happening here. I gave you a choice. What's it going to be? And he says, you can either hand over the guns or try to use them. Which I thought was a great line. And King Ezekiel looks over to Morgan as if Ooh. Morgan is his conscience. And Morgan says, it's fine. Now, for a split second, I thought Morgan was saying, let's do this. Let's shoot them. It did, did look like that? that for a second. I thought, okay, Morgan is given the go-ahead. They're going to fire. And then King Ezekiel says, hand over the gun. So I'm like, I, I, okay. I thought someone was going to kill Ben and they would shoot them right there. That's that would be the start of the war. That's what I was waiting for. Right, but they, they go pacifist again. So now Gavin explains why he took the guns. He says, I took your guns because things are about to get emotional. You're not good with emotion. There are only 11, and we agreed on 12 uh, cantaloupes, I guess. This is when I knew someone was going to bite it. Now, if you remember from last week or the week before, Gavin accused them of being light, he counted them, and they were fine. Yep. This is where I believe Richard got the idea from. I know there's 12, and he says, count them yourself. At that point, I knew Richard must have taken one oh. because that's why he created the distraction to get one of the cantaloupe off. Now, I, King Ezekiel could have said, hey, maybe one bounced off the truck. That, that's where I so thought he was going to say because he said, I counted them myself before we left. Right. And then he says, I'll bring you twice the tribute in an hour, which I thought was fair. I thought that but was Gavin fair, has, too, but no. But Gavin has people watching him. He's got to be a leader. And he says, no, that's not the deal. We have to deal with it now. And and. He says to Jared, we have to deal with it now. And Jared's, Jared's like, like right now? now? Yeah. Right now? <gasps> I understand Gavin wants to be a prick. I understand why Gavin, like Negan or Simon would do that to Rick. But Ezekiel has always paid tribute. He's always come to the table with what he's supposed to. They have a good relationship. Except for the squabbles, they've always provided the food they're supposed to. One cantaloupe by accident? I know. Like they're deliberately shorting them. Yeah. Like when Gregory deliberately shorted the saviors and they sent the guy back to stab Gregory. Oh. This was an accident. So Jared puts the gun to Richard's face. Richard says, just do it. You, you know this was his plan all along. He wanted, Someone had to die to inspire war. He figures he'll be buried with his daughter's backpack. And, and in typical savior fashion, just like when you thought um, they were going to kill Rosita, they shot Olivia, right? Yep, the old bait and switch. The old bait and switch. Jared shoots, we don't know who, because they go to commercial. And this was just like when Rosita fired the gun at Negan, and they went to commercial. Oh, I, my God, I know. These mini cliffhangers. But when he turned the gun, forget about what angle he turned it at. You knew it was Ben, right? Oh, I knew it was Ben immediately, but I didn't know if he killed him, killed him, or what he, I didn't know what he had done exactly. Right. 
So we find out he shot Ben in the leg, and you have to hit the, the main vein in the leg to die. If you shoot him in the leg in the soft part, as we've seen every cop show, usually you're fine. Yeah. My guess is Jared didn't intend to kill him. He intended to wound him in the leg. And just scare them. You know, that, hey, man, we're serious. Right. And then Gavin says, I want one cantaloupe tomorrow, not more, not less. One. Now, I mean, if you can get more, take more. But I guess on principle, he wanted the one. Now, while they're all rushing to Ben to help him, Richard is standing there in shock. Partially because he's not dead, and partially because he realizes, like most of us do, it's his fault Ben just got shot. Now, they rush Ben. I thought they were rushing Ben back to the kingdom, where I would imagine there's a doctor and medical supplies. But instead, they go to Carol's house. I thought it was a motorcycle Carol was hearing first. I thought Daryl was coming back. They're trying to stop the, the leg from bleeding. And at this point, I thought, okay, Ben's definitely dying. And this way, Carol's going to see him die. And she's going to know that the saviors are a problem. Yeah. As he's dying... Benjamin turns to, oh. to, to Morgan and says, the quote from the book, to injure your opponent is to injure yourself. By the kingdom killing Ben, they've hurt themselves because now the kingdom is going to go to war. Yes. So they, the kingdom, has, the, the saviors have injured themselves by hurting Ben. Very and true. Ben knew this. He knew this and he was, telling, he was telling Morgan the same thing, that the kingdom has just injured themselves by attacking Benjamin. And, uh, you know, all right, okay. So uh, at this point, Ben dies, Morgan goes for a walk, and he loses it. He snapped. Yeah, he snaps. He he almost kills himself by the grave. Oh, my God, I know. Which which he couldn't do uh, in in the episode called The Clear, when they find Morgan at his house again. Yeah. talks about how he couldn't kill himself. Anyway, he's, he's losing his mind, he's screaming, and at some point, as fate would have it, he kicks over the yellow recycling bin, and he uncovers a cantaloupe. At that point, you have to know what happened, right? Yes. You have to know that, that, that Richard put the candle up there. Now, he knows that he put the candle up there. And then Morgan goes on a rampage against walkers. Oh, yeah. And it's old Morgan. It's not like peaceful Morgan. It's, it's angry, vicious Morgan. Just pure rage. Right. So my guess is Richard was going back there to make sure that he didn't find a cantaloupe. Uh, for some reason, we cut to Richard's room. Uh, and uh, Richard's sitting there, and Morgan throws the yellow recycling bin. I'm not sure what happened between the two of them on the street. Like, did he, did they just walk away, and Richard walked away, and then Morgan picked up the recycling bin and the cantaloupe and then followed him back to his room? That was a weird edit. Yeah, it was, because you didn't really know the sequence there. Yeah, something was missing. Like, they took a scene out. Otherwise, delete the scene where Richard walks up to him on the street. Anyway, um, Richard starts admitting what he did, and he says, Gavin said it would be me. Gavin said I'd be the first to die. I was willing to give my life to show you that that we've done nothing to stop them. I I was willing to die. At this point, when he gives his speech about I was an accountant, when it started, I didn't do anything to save my wife. I didn't do anything to save my daughter. And he's, he's standing over Morgan. Richard's much taller than Morgan. Yeah. And he's standing over him, and he's making excuses. And he says, you need to kill or else kill yourself, man. Yeah. He says, I'm going to be the one to lead and tell everybody what to do. He says, here's what we need to do. We need to show the saviors we can, they can trust us, that, that we can move on, and, and that we show them how we move on from this. We join up with the, the Hilltop and, and the Alexandrians and, we, and Rick and everybody, and we kill them. He said, well, crush the saviors. Right. Now, at this point, the way Morgan was looking at him, I thought Morgan was going to kill him right there. Oh, my God, me too. I was like, uh. <laughs> it was such a tense scene oh. because Richard, look, I liked Richard's character a lot. Me too. He was a little distorted on reading people. And he was, he basically said to Morgan, 
you're, you know, you need to kill yourself or kill pe- or kill someone, right? Yeah. And I thought at that point Morgan was going to kill him, but he doesn't. He says, I'm going to tell King Ezekiel what I did. I'm going to tell everyone what I did, and I'll have to spend the rest of my life making up for it and living with that, what I did. So the next day, King Ezekiel is by the truck with the one cantaloupe, the scene we saw before. Morgan says to Richard at the drop site, did you tell King Ezekiel? Oh, my God. And he says, no, I didn't. I'm going to tell him later. And King Ezekiel overhears it and says, uh, what are you talking about? He says, we'll talk about it later. And King Ezekiel says, we'll talk about it now. Yeah, you tell me now. But the saviors arrive. And Gavin looks at the group and says, how's the kid? Oh, Meaning Ben. Yep. And he realizes Ben is dead. And, and at this point, he almost feels bad. And he, he, yells, he tells Jared to start walking. And if he looks back, he'll kill him. Yeah. Just walk. So, he was. I was actually a little surprised by that. Yeah, it was like he felt bad for what Jared had done. That maybe Richard deserved it, but Ben didn't deserve it. Jared had and, that. Jared had that punk look on his face. He didn't care. He was smirking. Didn't right. bother him at all. And maybe Gavin realizes that by killing Ben, this is going to be a problem. Yeah. So when Gavin looks back at the group after chasing Jared away, did you think for a second Gavin was going to apologize? Uh, you know what? Like, hey, I'm sorry. Yes, I did. And then I thought, no, he's a savior. He's not going to apologize. But he sure as hell looked like he was going to for a minute. He kind of said it with his eyes a little bit. And I feel like yelling at Jared was his way of apologizing. Yeah, by shaming him and saying, I'm going to kill you if you look back or come back here. I think you're right. That was his way of saying, like, this wasn't cool, man. So all Gavin says is, do you have it? Meaning the melon. Richard Richard walks up with the melon in, in, in the box, and um, he tells Gavin the speech that he said to Morgan, that we get it. You know, we understand. He's about to tell him the same thing he told Morgan. Yep. Like, we know how to move on from this. And before he gets a chance to say anything else, Jim starts walking quickly. Did you for a second think Morgan was going to attack Gavin? Yeah, I did. I thought he was going to attack their group, and I thought, what the hell is he doing? And then... He beat the crap out of Richard and choked him to death. I did you think he was gonna kill him? I no, I thought he was gonna beat him up badly. That's what I thought, and make a lesson out of him and be like, hey, I could kill you, but I didn't. I thought he was gonna do that. I didn't think he was gonna freaking choke him out and then bash his head into the ground. A lot of people on Twitter were asking why didn't any of the other kingdom people step in to stop him? If you go back and watch it, which I did, when he first hits Richard and knocks him to the ground, Gavin says, nobody move. Yeah. Or everybody stay where you are. He says something like that. And that's why nobody moved. After he kills Richard, which I really felt bad about, in, in, in retrospect, well, I'll explain my thoughts on Richard dying. Uh, Morgan stands up and he explains to Gavin, I wanted to show you that we get it. He literally spoke to... Richard's exact words that he, he told him. He spoke Richard's exact words. He said, Richard planned this. He wanted to cause a fight between the kingdom and the saviors. He, he hid the melon. And I wanted it, I wanted you to know that we know how to go on, that we can work together. He basically quoted Richard. Now, I want to go back to Twitter for a second because, let's see, we had a question from, okay, from Joe Bacala, Joey Boombots 21. <laughs> His question was, do you guys think that Richard and Morgan set the death up uh, because, or Morgan's now unhinged? So I don't think it was set up. I don't either. I think Morgan's a little unhinged, but here's what I think. Here's what I think happened. Richard said he wanted to die for the kingdom. Episodes ago, to Daryl, I will die for the kingdom. Yeah. He, he, he wanted Jared to kill him for the sake of war. But it backfired. And at, this, and at this point, Ben's death has still not motivated King Ezekiel to go to war. Yeah. And it might make the kingdom, the savior suspicious that if they killed Ben, that they, they, they might not be able to trust the kingdom. 
And Richard said, in order for this to work, Morgan was going to have to kill someone, which he did. Yep. Richard said he had to die. Which he did. And so I don't think they planned it. I think he, he, he told Morgan without telling Morgan. But he didn't want to die. He wanted to lead them to war. But in essence, Richard would probably be okay with dying for the cause if he knew that they go to war because of it. And they wanted the saviors to believe them and trust them? Well, by Morgan killing one of his own people, I mean, that sure as hell proves something right there. Right. And Morgan also, you know, part of his unhinged thing is he said uh, Dwayne had to die. Right. And they're looking so, at him like, huh? And he, uh, no, Benjamin. So he was having flashbacks of his kid and his wife. And right. that whole scene when he was killing Richard, it was like all these flashbacks. Absolutely. And um, after he explained what Richard had done, even King Ezekiel was disgusted. He wasn't too upset that Richard was dead because, you know, the king wanted peace and this wasn't the way to go. Yeah. So Morgan takes, Morgan says, I'm going to stay back. He puts Richard down, puts a knife in his head, buries Richard in the Bury Me Here grave with the Katie backpack. And um, this is when he goes crazy on the walkers and he covers himself in, in walker blood. And he goes to Carol's house covered in walker blood and opens the, Carol opens the door and Morgan says, do you really want to know what happened at Alexandria? At this point, more, I, I knew Morgan was ready to go to war because now he wants Carol on his side. Yep. He's like, if I'm going to lose it, you're losing it too. <laughs> And she was crying. I mean, she knew something happened. Right. And she even looked at Morgan. She goes, what happened to you? Right. But but she's referring to the blood on him. Yeah. I think not why did he change his mind. Yeah. And he says, killed Richard. Rather matter of factly, like, I killed Richard. Yeah, which is so not him. <laughs> right. I strangled him. He's the one who got Benjamin killed. So uh, do you want to know what happened to Alexandria? Like, as getting back to my question. And she says, I do. And Morgan says, spoiler Negan killed Glenn and Abraham, beat them to death with a baseball bat. They have Alexandria. They're in control. Oh, and by the way, they also killed Spencer and Olivia. Yeah, and our group works for the saviors now. Yeah. So Carol's in tears, and he says, Jesus brought the group here because Rick wants to fight them. You wanted to know. Now you do. You know, like, suck it, lady. You wanted wanted to know the truth. You can't handle the truth. You can't handle the truth. (laughs) So he starts walking away, and Carol says, where are you going? And, he, and this, this was great. He says, I'm going to kill them one by one somewhere else, not here, in other words. So then Carol quotes King Ezekiel and says, you can go and not go. I thought this was like, because roles are reversed. Like Morgan used to chase her and be like, you don't have to leave. You don't have to do this. And now Carol's right. chasing him. Like, you don't have to leave. You don't have to do this. Now, Lenny James said something on Talking Dead that wasn't obvious on the show. Carol goes to the kingdom, and King Ezekiel is planting seeds with Ben's brother. Yep. And Carol walks over and says, I'm sorry about Ben, and I'm staying. And King Ezekiel is, is happy to hear that, I guess. And she says, we have to get ready to fight. And he says, we do. But not today. But not today. So Carol's back. King Ezekiel is on board, right? Yep. They're going to go to war. This is what we've been waiting for. We see Morgan on Carol's porch sharpening his stick into a spear. Yeah. So Richard's plan worked. Everyone's on board now. But here's what Lenny James said. He said that, and I, unless I missed it, which I did because I went back and watched it, Carol convinces Morgan to stay, but gives Morgan her house. Oh, you know what? I didn't pick up on that, but you're you're right, because now she's, she's staying at the kingdom, and he was on her porch like he made himself at home. Right. So he doesn't want to go back to the kingdom because he's, he's enraged, and so he's living at the house now. Because Carol basically said, right. live, live with me or live here. 
Now, I don't know if that means in a future episode, uh, Daryl and the other survivors are going to show up at the house looking for Carol. And find um, Morgan. Someone shows up at the house to kill Carol, and they kill Morgan instead. I don't know. All I know is Morgan now lives in the house with the flowery couches and <laughs> the, the, the flowery pictures. We see next week, um, which was... Now, I, I emailed you this. The trailer for next week Woo! leaked online over the weekend, and it was a Spanish-language trailer. Yes. So somewhere where they show The Walking Dead with Spanish uh, voiceover and subtitles, well, Spanish subtitles, um, the trailer leaked. So we saw it Saturday, right? So we actually saw the clips, which I tweeted out from at Walkers underscore Talkers. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram. The trailer for episode 14. Now, thankfully, there are no spoilers for episode 13 in the trailer for 14, because it looks like another episode that's only, it's a bottle episode, that looks like it features only the hilltop. Yeah. And only Sasha and Rosita. Rosita. So here's what we saw in the sneak preview. Jesus tells Sasha she knows that Rosita and Sasha are going after Negan. Uh, someone's on the wall yelling the Sabres are coming, like the British are coming. Yeah. <laughs> and they're there to look for somebody. Then you they s- Gregory yeah, they where use- a certain someone is. Simon's in that big, like, uh, foyer they have, and he said, point me in that direction. Now, are they looking for Daryl? Are they looking for Dr. Carson's brother, Dr. Carson? You know what? Because um, right after he said that, they showed Daryl hiding in, like, a closet, and it was probably right. a Jedi mind trick because they want us to think it's Daryl, but it very well could be, where's Dr. Carson? Right. Now, Daryl and Maggie both run in one of the scenes to hide. Ah, uh, they should. The saviors can't know either one of them are there. No. Simon uh, uh, takes Gregory off to the side. He's standing behind two trucks or something. And he says to Gregory that they're looking for someone. Then Gregory, in a voiceover, says, you don't know who might take over. They might have a crazy idea. Now, is he protecting himself to Simon? In other words, you can't get rid of me. You can't kill me. Because the next person to take over the hilltop might do something stupid. Yeah. Like, try to overthrow you. Exactly. Now, is he... Is he and and uh, Simon says... Who? Who are you talking about? And then they shot now, is, a flash to Maggie. Now, is Gregory going to say Maggie, or is Gregory going to keep his mouth shut? Because if Gregory says Maggie, then he's basically making himself look guilty, number one, for hiding her, and number two, that maybe they were in cahoots with the Alexandrians, and that they're the ones that tipped off Rick and the group to where the uh, satellite building was where they killed all of the saviors. It's a tangled web here. It's a tangled web we weave here because I feel like he would totally rat her out, but like you said, he needs to protect himself. So if he thinks they're in cahoots, then he knows he could be dead. Right. Okay. So next scene, Sasha is in a high window with her sniper rifle, and you see through the scope of the sniper rifle, and it's, it's a couple of saviors and Negan coming out of a building, and she has Negan in her sights. Oh. Now, we know she doesn't kill Negan. We know that. Yeah. Because then there's no war coming up. No. Okay. So something happens where either she misses or something happens. So I'm going to throw a nod out to the comic book readers. In the comic book, no spoilers, I told you that Sasha takes over the role of Andrea sometimes. Yep. And sometimes takes over the role of Holly. Yes. There's a scene with Andrea in the comics as a sniper where she's about to shoot Negan, and something happens. Oh, that's this, I'm I think. Thinking, I'm thinking maybe this similar thing happens here. So I'm just, if it happens, I will explain everything next week's podcast. Okay. I'm, I think you you sound like you're definitely onto something. Yeah, so, so that's my, that's not a spoiler. It's a prediction of what I know happens in the comics, even though in the comics it happens later on. 
It happens in a later scene. I'm wondering if something similar happens. Yeah. Okay. Back to the trailer. Um, well, that's, that's the last thing we see, is Negan in her sights. Now, AMC today released a new trailer. I don't know if you saw it yet. It's a trailer for next week's episode, and it's Sasha saying goodbye to Enid. Did you see this yet? No, not this one. I missed that one. Okay, I'll, I'll tweet the link out. Okay, I out. saw the other one. It just came out. It's Sasha's, and she gives her a bracelet that she's, I guess, sewing or, or crocheting or twisting. I don't know. It doesn't matter. And she gives her the bracelet and says, this is for the baby, and I need you to take care of Maggie and the baby. They're the future of Hilltop, and I'll be okay, but you need to promise you'll take care of them. And Enid says to her, I'm going to tell Maggie what you're doing in 10 minutes. Uh-oh. You do what you want in the next 10 minutes, but in 10 minutes, I'm telling her. Ooh, Enid, Enid was going to rat her out. Well, in other words, I'm going to let you run, but if you're going to run, run now. Do, do it now. <laughs> right. And we know they get away, uh, so she obviously ran in the, in the next 10 minutes. She yeah. Left. Okay. That leads us into Talking Dead. Scott Gimple, the head writer. Merle was on. Michael I love Rooker. Michael Rooker. I love Michael Rooker. I, I will tell you that it seems like he's out of place. At this point, it's so long since it has been show. such a long time that, you know, you're asking him questions like, what What would you have done? What would it was? It was interesting, but he you barely remember him on the show. Yeah. I mean, he's gone for three seasons. More than okay. that. I mean, he died before the, the prison fell. Yeah. So at the season three, beginning of season four, he died. Doesn't matter. Um, anyway, he's been gone a long time. They also had on Carl McKinnon who plays Richard. I thought he was great. He was honored to be on the show. Uh, and Lenny James was on live from the United Kingdom. Uh, uh, that's when they told us that Talking Dead will be on. I'm sorry, next week, an hour later, because of hashtag F you into the day. <laughs> Just uh, like... Lenny James, yes, Lenny James says that Richard basically ruined Morgan's chance at a peaceful life. And yeah. that, that may have been part of his anger. In killing him, it was necessary, but also you did this. You ruined it. It was kind of interesting. Someone had written into uh, Lenny James and asked him, you know, where he fits in. And, and uh, Lenny James kind of agreed that he's an unwilling participant right now. Okay. Um, so Talking Dead was okay. Not a lot of things were, were um, discovered that were earth-shattering, except the part about Benjamin's little brother is the actor that plays uh, Carol's daughter's... Sophia. Um, one thing, a couple things I wanted to mention. On This Week in Television, and I tweeted it, Lucille popped up on two television shows. Yes, I, I saw that. Saw Somebody, it was all over my Facebook. Yes, so Stuart, on The Big Bang Theory, ran into the room... Because he, he heard a noise, I think, and uh, he was looking to protect them, and he had a Lucille back, which they, they would have as sci-fi geeks. At the comic people. book store. Yep. And then, at Chuck Yourself tweeted me, I didn't see this, but on the uh, episode of Supernatural... It was laying on a desk. Dean, character on the show, walks in with Lucille covered in blood and says, Dad would have loved this thing. On Supernatural, Jeffrey Dean Morgan played... Dean's father. Yeah. Oh, I, that's right. He was on that show. It was a little ode to him there. Right. So in other words, Jeffrey Dean Morgan would have loved this bat. Yeah. So Lucille made two appearances on TV shows this week. I thought that was pretty cool. My dad actually texted me the other night, and he screenshotted Stuart holding Lucille. <laughs> so that was a, so. if you're a Walking Dead fan. Uh, Great crossover. Look, 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 good crossovers. Very nice. Um, okay. So end of Talking Dead, we see a sneak peek, another one. Sasha and Rosita set fire to a car to attract uh, what looks like a lot of walkers on the other side of a fence. Yeah. So they light the car on fire, they climb over the fence, and the next thing we see is walkers walking away from the car. So 
it, it doesn't look like their plan worked very well because they're not at the car fire. And that's it. That's all we see. Uh, next week on Talking Dead, Rosita, Christian Serratos, Simon, Stephen Ogg, yep. going to be on. Um, so that's pretty cool. Uh, so here's what I'm going to do. Uh, I'm going to tweet out a link to the new trailer okay, with great. Sasha saying goodbye to uh, Enid. I'm on this. I saw this guy a couple weeks ago, but I saw King Ezekiel walking Shiva down the streets of Manhattan right outside where we both work. What? There's a guy. <laughs> you have to see the picture. It's a guy with long dreadlocks walking a dog the size of a, of a lion. Stop. You didn't and, tell me about this. I wanted you to see the picture. So oh, my God. Picture. I'm going to tweet the picture uh, sometime, this, uh, let's say, Monday night. And when you when you hear the podcast, you, you, it should be up by then. And you'll see a real-life King Ezekiel <gasps> and Shiva walking down the street of Manhattan. I can't wait to see this. Very cool. Well, uh, that brings us, I think, to the end of our episode. Any, any additional thoughts? I'm excited to see what happens, let me tell you. Well, it looks like episode 14 is going to be Sasha and uh, Rosita. Man, they are um, on a mission. Started. They are cutting fences and climbing fences and starting fires, and they, they are, they are nothing's going to hold these two back. Now, we know that it's not going to work. It's not going to go exactly as planned. We also know that we're pretty sure someone's going to die of the two of them, yeah. if not both of them. So something's going to disrupt her from shooting him. My thought is, whatever happens in episode 14, we're not going to see the final outcome. Episode 15 is going to be everyone gathering for war and the ocean side. That's what I believe. Because in the teasers, it said someone has to make a difficult decision. I believe they go to the ocean side. Tara. In Tara, in episode 15. Yeah. And then in episode 16 is the march to war. Everyone's together. Everyone's ready. And at that point, I think we're going to lose a couple of people. And in a recent interview, uh, which uh, I'll tweet out the link as well, Scott Gimple, the head writer, said there will be losses in the finale. Oh. Losses. Confirmed losses. Now, does that mean Sasha and Tobin, you know, or Sasha and Rosita, or Sasha and, si- and Simon? Like, on which side of the losses? We know that one of the Alexandrians is going to die. I, I think it's on both sides. So there, there will be losses. Um, one other thing I wanted to address, uh, we got a tweet, and I think I read it before. I, I didn't address it. Is Richard the betrayal? No. No. Because Richard didn't betray them. He was trying to help them. Also, Richard is not one of the survivors. I was just going to say the betrayal comes within our group to our group. Right. And he's now, not our group, per se. Now, Morgan... Lenny James is the one in the interview who said there'd be a betrayal in the group. And Lenny James is the one that dealt with this Richard uh, thing firsthand. But I don't believe it was a betrayal. So I still think a betrayal is coming. That's just my theory. I I agree with you on that. I don't think this was Richard. Because Lenny James on the episode last night of Talking Dead didn't say this is the betrayal I was talking about. No, he didn't. So I think there's still a betrayal coming. With that said, I think it's time. What time is it? It's It's time time to to shut that shit down. down. There you go. (laughs) There we go.